this is Erin Nasmith. Hi, and this is Marilyn Mundazee, and you are listening to Untold Stories, Voices of Adoption. We're really excited today to be able to do our first interview, and we have Joy with us to talk this afternoon. Hey, Joy. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So I don't mess up any of the details of your story. Why don't you just (laughs) share with us a little bit about about how adoption fits into your story? Um, I was adopted when I was four months old from Santiago, Chile, and I was adopted into a family of um, two, well, a mom and a dad, and then I had two brothers that were their biological kids. Um, so I was the youngest out of that bunch, and then later on, we brought another brother into our family as well. So we had four total, two of their biological kids, and then two adopted kids. Okay, and where's your youngest brother from? He's, uh, it was domestic. Domestic adoption, okay. That's awesome, okay. So how did adoption play into your story growing up? Was it something your family talked about a lot? Was it, do you remember being told you were adopted? Um, Coming from Chile, I have brown hair, brown eyes, and darker skin, Mm -hmm. and my family does not. They have blonde hair, blue eyes, and nice porcelain white skin and I uh, I knew I always knew that I was different looking from them mm-hmm. so I uh, I knew basically from whenever I can remember that I was adopted okay um, so we've always talked about it my parents and family have always been very open about it mm-hmm. and um, yeah it was always just a kind of not an event in our family it was normal yeah mm-hmm. so do you did they ever have like a time where they sat you down or like you know joy you were adopted or do you even remember that I don't, I don't think that there was a time where we had the talk of joy you're adopted mm-hmm. because i think it was very clear joy you're adopted <laughs> okay all right <laughs> so i mean yeah. i had questions of you know uh why was I adopted? Why did you choose to adopt me? You know, do I have siblings out there and things like that? Mm-hmm. But there wasn't ever like an adoption day talk of okay. you're yeah. adopted. <laughs> do you remember when those questions first started coming up for you as a child when you started wondering or what, what's the first memory you have of that? Um, I don't, I vaguely remember um, maybe, I don't know how old I was, maybe like seven Okay. Or eight, and I was in Brugger's with my family, and my brothers were just being brothers. <laughs> and I was like, gosh, I wish I had sisters. <laughs> and my mom was like, well, actually, you do. Oh, wow. Like, well, oh, um, look at her taking so, advantage yeah, of like, that very like, natural <laughs> way to slip yeah. that in. So she, um, so it was, uh, I don't know, it just, it was kind of a non, I mean, it wasn't a non-event. It just was, oh, Thank goodness we've got some, you know, something to work with here and yeah. you know, talk about yeah. that. Um, now, like your sibling dynamics, or how did you feel closer to the one who was adopted? Or he didn't come to us till he was ten, and I so I was ten as well. Okay, and no, I didn't. Okay. I mean, I think I just had. I mean, it was just another brother. So mm. no. Um, as you were growing up, do you remember? Uh, do you remember being aware of your feelings as a child about being adopted? Did you did you struggle with, um, you know, feeling disappointed or uh, sad about your biological family at all? Um, to be totally honest, I hated being adopted growing up. Um, I think I liked it until 
Um, I mean, I was very proud of my adoption until like first grade. And I remember a little boy, because you know, we're in first grade, mm. but he had called me an adoption baby. And I was like, I'm from Chile and I am so proud to be adopted. And he's like, you're an adoption baby and you were adopted. And I was like, oh. And I think that's like when things started kind of happening for me. <coughs> things like I just started questioning. It was just like the little seed had been planted in my ear of, oh, well, I'm different. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I like this. And my friends are calling me names and I don't like that either. Um, and so later on, I think that kind of, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, a constant thing. But as I got older, it was just thinking like, well, why was I adopted? And why, you know, why didn't my mom want me? And why, you know, it was kind of embarrassing to me, but I really struggled with, and then not looking like my family and not really having the relationship I wanted with my mom and all kinds of things. It was just, I didn't like being adopted. And I always mm-hmm. struggled with being adopted. Mm-hmm. A seat in your head yes. in first grade about being an adoption baby, which mm-hmm. it's so funny to me that that's the insult that he came <laughs> up with because it doesn't really. Yeah. Anyway, um, so how did that, how did that kind of the dissatisfaction with being adopted um, play out as you grew up? Um, I really, my family was amazing. I mean, my family is amazing. The family I was adopted into, like, you know, there was, it was a great home, a great family. It really, um, it was wonderful. But I think I just, I think I just never felt still like I belonged. And I wanted to belong, and I didn't really feel like I did. And I don't know, like, I don't think they could have done anything different, because mm-hmm. I just, they were always so honest, and I appreciated mm-hmm. that so much about their honesty. That's of good. just being honest and if I had a question they were very direct and sometimes it's like "Mm, maybe not be so direct but they're very honest (laughs) but I think as the older I got I just really hated that I looked so different and I think Mm. I forget which birthday it was some teenage birthday maybe like 15 or 14 and I had desperately wanted my hair to be colored lighter Mm. so I could maybe blend in just a little better Mm. with my family and so my mom for my birthday she gave me like a gift certificate to go to the hair place and get my hair colored just a little lighter. And I was like, best yeah. birthday present ever. This <laughs> wow. is amazing. Yeah. And I still didn't look like them, but I really was excited that I had lighter hair and it wasn't just so obvious that I did it. Uh, when I was younger, <laughs> I used sun in. Do y'all remember the sun yeah. in? I tried <laughs> like, to put sun in in my uh-huh. hair so I could look like my white family. <laughs> was it like a conscious effort on your part to say, like, to be thinking to yourself, I really want to look more like my mom or my brothers, and so I want to do this? Or was it more just... You just felt this desire, and now looking back, you realize that it was because you wanted to look like your family. I think I just, I mean, um, I just really, I guess, I, yeah, I just wanted to fit in. Mm-hmm. I think that's just what it came down to. I mm-hmm. didn't feel like I fit in at home. I kind of fit in at school, but I didn't really because I like playing soccer with the boys on the playground, and the girls like to, like, sit around and talk about boys, and I was like, well, let's just... I just didn't really find my mm-hmm. people, I think. And right. so I just wanted to fit in with my family. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, if my hair's a little bit lighter, then at least I fit in with my Definitely. family. Mm-hmm. So. Did your parents know that you were feeling like you didn't fit in? Was it something you talked about, or was it more an internal struggle for I'm you? I'm sure it was more of an internal struggle, just because I didn't enjoy talking about how I didn't fit in with my family. Yeah. Um, Why ever not? Why ever would you not <laughs> want to talk right. about that? Yeah, and it seems like a lot of adoptees don't even have the vocabulary no. at such a young age. Like, yeah. we do things, we act a certain way, but we 
sometimes don't even know why no, and why. have the yeah. words yeah, yeah, to yeah. explain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so there was never like a day of, I want to look like my family, and this is why. It was just a, I mean, I can say that I didn't fit in now looking back in it, and I knew that I didn't fit in, but I don't like, coloring my hair obviously is going to make me fit in, but it was just going to maybe like help just a tiny little bit to mm-hmm. help me feel like I fit mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I didn't, um, I really always struggled with an insecurity of, well, I don't look like my family, and... I just also don't feel like I act like my family either. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't like, I wasn't doing anything really different, but I just didn't ever feel like I belonged in my family. The and personality think, didn't quite, yes. yeah. And I think it was just an internal thing. Like, I don't know who I am. I didn't know who I was at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. Of like, I'm like, I don't know whose kid I am. I don't know why I was put up for adoption. I don't know why I look different than my family. Like, why did they want me? Why do I have three brothers now? Why? Like, I think there was just a whole lot of questions mm-hmm. that I just didn't know. You know. Now, do you consider yourself a transracial adoptee? Do you? No. 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 Okay. Yeah, I just checked that other box. <laughs> <laughs> the other box. Just still no. Um. So, did you? Did your parents give you an outlet for talking about that stuff? So I learned at a very early age that my mom was not one that was going to sit around and discuss our feelings. So, um, she. And I would go to counseling, or I would go to counseling first. And I saw maybe, like, I went to three different practices, two different practices, just to kind of find the right fit for, like, what is, like, an eight- or nine-year-old struggle with with being adopted. Mm-hmm, like, I don't, I don't remember what we talked about. But evidently, I mean, it really did help. And then later on, I went to a different um, psychologist. And it was just kind of, like, just trying to figure out the workings of my brain. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I mm-hmm. so... Sometimes it just helps to like pull that stuff to the con- to consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. To like start to yeah. kind of be reflective about why you might be feeling the way you're feeling, and then you can. Yeah, I mean, I, I journaled a lot. I wrote a lot, um, and it was really like in my writings where I just could like lay it all out there without mm-hmm. having any judgment because I knew no one was going to watch it. I knew like I knew no one was going to read it. I just needed that outlet of I'm just going to write about why I feel the way I feel. Mm-hmm. Now. I think that's interesting. I was writing a post um, on my Instagram page about how a lot of adoptees tend to be artistic. Artistic. Um, And so, like, I used to write and Uh do poetry, and a lot of people do, you know, paint. And so I think, I don't know, it just seems like there's some similarities with, um, you know, just to express yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's just easier. Because, again, you don't really have the words. Exactly. I don't fit in, yeah. but you know something is stirring in you right. where you don't right. feel, and it's just easier mm-hmm. to just spew it on the paper oh, and yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> figure it out later, like yeah. sort through, oh, I just wrote how I actually feel. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've had a lot of conversations recently in support groups and in counseling sessions and stuff about how um, it was an article that I read something that talked about how adopted kids, in some ways it's like such a strength that you are kind of you're forced to deal with these big issues that that biological children wouldn't necessarily have to deal with and so you have the opportunity to form language around it and to get an awareness around it that I 
do think that if you like do what you your parents did and give your kids like the opportunity to really process and try to wrap their brains around it, it can be a real strength moving forward as you start to develop develop and mature because you just have that op- you just have that uh, confidence and language and stuff mm. to talk but about d- it. More. You know, but I do think your parents are the anomaly in a sense. I think mm. a lot of adoptees tend to find their voice and their words later on. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really that's really great that um, you were given the opportunity, but I think that's very rare as yeah. well. Because um, a lot of people, a lot of adoptees don't start searching and figuring out things. It seems like until like their early 20s, they have kids, something triggers them. Yeah, no, yeah. I, think, I think that that's I think probably true. I just felt true. constantly triggered. And so it's like, we've got to, we got to do something. And I just, I mean, I could ask my parents anything. And I remember the day my dad gave me my birth statement from my biological mom of like why she gave me up for adoption. I think I was in fifth or sixth grade, maybe sixth grade. Well, that's awesome and that you had that. Yeah. yeah. But that's pretty, that's a, a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, that is. It's like that's intense. Yeah, yeah. And, and I struggled with that for a while, but I also think it helped me realize, like I'm not saying do that because it was a little, it really, there was some tears. What is that, that like? 13, 12, 12, fifth grade, 12, 11, 12. Okay. Okay. And it was, it just, it was, it was helpful for like, it was hard to read, but like some of the sentences are just like, I wanted her to have a better life. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you can't blame her. But then other sentences are, I want her to be adopted into the United States. So I don't ever see her again. Like that's hard to read as a daughter. But looking at it now as a parent, like it's hard. Like I couldn't imagine giving up my children, placing them for adoption. So Mm -hmm. it's, I think it, it makes sense, but yeah, it was it was hard. But I always like I think that's probably one of the best things they did for me. It was just their complete transparency before mm-hmm. yeah. any of my questions. And they're hard questions, and they're hard answers to be given. Mm-hmm. But it was always a very real environment. And you know, if I ask something, then I'm going to get the answer. And if mm-hmm. they don't have the answer, then they're going to find an answer. That's awesome. So. Yeah, that is. I think that that's part of part of it for adoptive parents that sometimes they're so uncomfortable with Mm -hmm. the reality of their child's story because it feels like it's going to be painful or Mm -hmm. it's painful to the child or to them too to think about the things that your kid has gone through you know and so if you're uncomfortable with it as the parent it's really hard to um, Mm -hmm. empower your kids to get comfortable with it too so we all just kind of stick our heads in the sand and think like I don't go away or well yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. she's not old enough yet or whatever and your parents seem to have really embraced like this is her story and we're gonna give it to her well and it's funny because I have two kids now and they look like me so therefore do not look like my family Mm -hmm. and they asked me last summer my oldest came to me and it didn't ever occur to me because you know we look alike, mm-hmm. but he said, "Why don't why don't I look like the rest of the family?" Mm-hmm. Oh, and I and he's known that I've been adopted or that I was adopted, and so it wasn't like a hush hush situation. But it never even occurred to me until it happened. I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah. well." Mm-hmm. I was like, "But you look like me, and you look like your brother, and you look like your dad." So we all look alike. I was like, "Welcome right. to my life." I didn't ever look like them. Yeah, right, exactly. So now there's just four of us in the mix instead of just one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that looks better. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. But it was interesting. I didn't think of it from his little point Perspective, of view. Perspective, yeah. yeah. What was that like for you? And it was jumping ahead in your timeline a little bit, but what was that like for you to have biological children and to have somebody who looked like you 
It was like, it really came, I think my whole life came full circle when I had my firstborn. And it was, um, it just was really, it was so weird. I don't want to say, it's not weird. It just was so kind of, I don't, it just was interesting to have mm. a being that grew in me to then have like in my hands of this is your child. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is, oh, this is mine. Right. He's mine. And this is amazing. And just looking at his little face and he looked like me and he, you know, it, it just was very, but it just really came full circle because I loved him immediately. As soon as I found that I was pregnant, I loved him dearly. Mm -hmm. And so it just also made me appreciate more for my biological mom of I could not imagine. Mm -hmm. I just can't. I cannot mm -hmm. imagine my life without my two children. Mm -hmm. And so how much courage that must have taken for right. her. And so I think it really started kind of a healing process mm -hmm. per se. But it just kind of all came full circle and it made sense for me. Like, man, I love this kid from the second I found out that I was pregnant with him. I loved him. Mm -hmm. And I loved my other one. And I just... Uh, and so I think it really was very, I think it was life-giving, honestly, in more ways than one, but of just kind of appreciating my adopted mom or my biological mom more um, instead of just resenting her for not, you know, quote-unquote, wanting me. Mm -hmm. But it was also nice of just having my own little people that looked like right. me and were my blood and my, you know, eyes and hair and things like that. And it just was, it was, it was very... Yeah, sweet. Yeah, I, love I that. totally understand. Yeah, <laughs> it's really interesting that you say that because I think that my my guess would have been that you feeling that love for your son would have would have maybe made you angry at angrier at your birth mother because it like it would feel so hard, but instead it made you. Um, tell me if I'm putting words into your mouth, but it made you like feel empathy for mm -hmm. what she experienced right. and feel. Um, I just think that's really that's really nice yeah, that no, that was the way were, you go. You think, like connected with her in a different yeah. way. Yeah. Yes, and I think there were different stages along just my pregnancy and you know having my first and then having my second and then um, losing my adopted mom. But mm -hmm. it, I think it really a lot of growth. I think has happened probably like as far as my adoption story goes. But I think a lot of it has kind of kind of resolved itself mm. within like the past five years mm. um maybe five to eight years of just it stewing and it just being like oh it's really not a big deal like mm. I mean it is because mm -hmm. it's like it's a gift I now consider yeah. my adoption a gift to myself but it's also um it's really cool to talk to my kids about yeah adopted. exactly like mom you don't look like them like I realize but mm -hmm. guess what like people now say that I am just like my adopted mom like they're like, wow, you were not like blood related to her, but there's a lot of her in you now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, take that as you want. But uh -huh, <laughs> there's uh -huh. a lot happening mm -hmm. in there. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's really great. That's good. <clears throat> so um, did you happen to talk to, like growing up, did you have any friends that you could talk to about your adoption story? I had one friend. She was adopted from Russia, and she, she I think it was really nice for me to know uh, she and her siblings were all adopted from Russia mm -hmm. into one family. And it was really nice for me to know that I wasn't just the only person in my school that was adopted. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we struggled with different things. and But I think we just also struggled with a lot. And again, we didn't have words for it. We mm -hmm. just struggled in general. Right. And so it was nice to just kind of 
have yeah. that person to struggle with as mm-hmm. who knew what we were thinking, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, they kind of knew they got it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was, no, I did, that was about it. I knew one other kid who's like a family friend and we grew up with him, but I didn't see him enough to really kind of establish a great relationship or anything mm-hmm. with adoption. With the friends that were adopted from Russia, did you guys have explicit conversations about adoption or, or was it just enough to kind of be in the same space? And yeah, like I think it was just enough. Like I knew her story, she knew mine and she had her brothers and her sister at the school. And so I think we all just kind of knew each other's stories and mm-hmm. we all just kind of existed mm-hmm. and it was, you know, yeah. it worked out. But no, we didn't just sit around and have like an adoption I think I, more and more as I get into this, I'm just realizing how hard it is for teenagers to like engage in that kind of yeah. s- stuff that I I think I expected them to have more insight than no. they actually do. No, no. And that, no. that doesn't really happen. No. You know, they might no. like the proximity to other mm-hmm. people who yeah. kind of get their story, but they're not necessarily talking about no. it. Yeah. No. So was that for true for you too? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, well, I had a different experience too because you know, I had a group of adoptee right. friends. Um, so we did talk about adoption issues and or how, you know, just things going on in our home. So it was a little different, but definitely ha- I didn't <laughs> I didn't have the language or right. just kind of understanding. But it was just a little different because I did, I did have that core group of friends that mm-hmm. were adopted. Yeah. Um, so I want to circle back around to this one okay. question. I'm just curious because um, I'm, I'm a transsexual adoptee okay. from Haiti and I also consider myself African-American. So I'm just curious as to, like, why... Like, just, you know, have you, why, yeah, why don't you identify with your... I mean, honestly, Chilean it's side. not that I have, like, I don't, I'm not embarrassed by being mm-hmm. Chilean. I'm not, but I honestly, like, I just feel like I don't, I don't speak Spanish. Mm. I don't, it's not like I can cook Spanish food. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I don't live the Spanish right. culture. Like, in my two, my oldest uh, biological sister, she, I feel like she is, like, for real Chilean because oh. she can speak fluent Spanish and she can mm. cook that food mm. and she can, like, She's raising her kids Spanish, and I think that's wonderful. But like, I, I just I feel like I just mm. don't live the Chilean lifestyle to be able to actually claim it. I think I mean I'm totally proud of it. I'll talk about it till I'm blue in the face. Right. But I just don't really feel like I have a lot to talk about as far mm. as being Chilean. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, my kids know we're Chilean, and mm-hmm. you know, and it's a I don't know. I yeah, mean, I don't really have a great reason other than no. I'm just curious. No, no, no. I'm just curious. No, I, I just think it's interesting. Well, people I'm have asked me. They're like, "Well, what box do you check?" I'm like, "I don't know. It just yeah. depends on the day. Like maybe in the summer I do check Hispanics. Oh, right. Like, in the winter yeah. I check white. I just don't know. Well, no, yeah, because yeah, I I wanted to bring it around because having kids sometimes kind of yeah. you know I had an issue. I mean, my story is definitely totally different, but being in growing up in well, being from Haiti and then having kids, like for a while, kind of felt like I was an imposter. It's sure. like racial imposter yeah. syndrome. And so I was like, I'm not really Haitian. Yeah. I don't cook Haitian food. Yeah. I don't speak the language very well. But then once I had kids, yeah. like my first, that kind of triggered me to kind of go on this whole, like, who am I identity kind of thing. Yeah. And so now, I mean, I can, I probably say I'm a Haitian woman. But it was actually for my kids' sake sure. to kind of give yeah, them an identity because Absolutely. you know, growing up as an adoptee, you yeah. don't, you know, you don't know. You you try to figure out who you are, yeah. and so I never wanted my kids to kind of feel like part of them was missing in a sense because I hadn't searched or figured out who I was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. I think I just 
I think they're like kind of touching on the imposter thing. I don't know if I, I mean, maybe I would be, I, I really haven't sat down to think about right. it. I know that my, I think it's just, um, I don't know. It wasn't like a direct decision or anything mm. to not check the box. It was just kind yeah. of like, I don't, I don't know. It really just depends on You don't on have day. to check the box. You can, you can do whatever you want. People try to put people in boxes for so long. All the time. Yeah, yeah. don't check it. I was no, just curious. I know, but my, well, my youngest, he has. Um, a lot darker skin than my oldest and he mm. so he actually uh, he'll, he'll look at me and he goes I think I look like you I don't look like him and he's like trying to figure out how he fits in here and I'm like yeah. you're mine okay people just <laughs> I mean so I, I totally get like right. so we probably should have that discussion at some point of what exactly <laughs> are we yeah yeah but I just think we're yeah. just we're just people, and we're right. just, you know, doing the best we can here. <laughs> Did you ever travel back to Tilly? Did no. You? No. Okay. No. I um, no. I had the opportunity when I turned 18. My dad took um, each one of his kids, each one of the kids, to um, wherever we wanted when we turned 18. That mm-hmm. was, like, his birthday gift to us. And I chose to go to Disney World because I loved it. And yeah. I felt really great about that. And my dad was like, I thought for sure you were going to go to Chile. And I was like, I don't. Chile is not my home. Mm. Like, I was adopted when I was a baby, and it's mm. not like there wasn't. I would much rather just go to Disney World and have lots of fun and just hang out with my dad, and that sounds silly. But no, I didn't want to go to Chile because Charlotte is my home, and this is just mm-hmm. this is where I yeah. am. This is my growing up. And well, I, spe- I think it speaks to the idea that, like, you're not only adoption, right? Mm. Like, oh, yeah, your no. story is so much more diverse than just this one aspect of yep. who you are. And so. Um, I would, I totally understand, I get why at 18, like, you're not going to let that define or determine your, I actually, um, I think it was maybe two years ago, my, um, my husband had an overnight, he's a pilot, and he had an overnight in Chile in Santiago, and so I had the good idea to have my biological mom and him meet, because then I wouldn't have to, I just wasn't ready, Um, Mm. and so I was like, well, why don't you meet her, and just kind of see what she's like and so we facetimed and that's how i kind of met my biological mom over facetime having mm. my husband do it and that yeah was <laughs> and how, how was that like you gotta <laughs> how did you it. find how did you find her facebook okay yeah. it was was it an intentional search on your part oh, yeah, yeah okay yeah. so i lost my mom uh, my adopted mom two years ago and after i mean it was kind of before i found my biological mom three or four years ago on facebook and that's when I found that I found out that I had a biological brother, and um, and then I just we kind of like would exchange messages here and there, and then we were exchanging messages, and I just happened to say, well, my husband's going to be in Santiago. Are you you know are you free? Do you and we can just FaceTime? And she's like, yeah. It's like, okay, great. So let's just do it this way, and then yeah. we can just check something off our list. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. that's what we did. So how was that experience? I mean, it was, uh, I mean, it wasn't, it was uh, when we, when we FaceTimed, it was like a couple of months after my um, adopted mom had died. And so I think I was just trying to kind of go through the motions mm-hmm. of all the things. And mm-hmm. it, so it wasn't really eventful to me. It wasn't because again, like she brought me into this world but my adopted mom gave me life. Mm. So it wasn't ever like I have this big hole to fill. I have to find her mm. because I had life. And so mm-hmm. it wasn't. So I just saw her on FaceTime. I was like, hi. And I kind of, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't yeah. emotional. <clears throat> it just isn't like it is 
I mean, I've met my biological sisters, and it just isn't like it is in the movies. You know, like mm-hmm. you see it, and like mm-hmm. everyone's crying and mm-hmm. running into each other's arms, and we're kind of like, I mean, I guess we're related, and I think we should hug. But other than that, I mm-hmm. got nothing. Yeah, right. that's I mean, really interesting. interesting. Yeah, and I think it proves the point, and you say it a lot too, about how just like, even there's like underlying truths and similarities with adoption stories, like it's totally different. Everybody's story, you, you know, yeah, yeah. like you know your your experience with your you know bi- um, biological mother and some other people's and mine. It's just so different, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, you just never know. I just find it interesting that you talked about like hating being adopted yeah. first for you know your as you were growing up and maturing and so I think that my assumption would be that you would feel like I need to find my biological family to feel somehow like I fit in or complete but it for you it wasn't about them completing you yeah. it was just about figuring out in your own pieces head. of the puzzle yeah yeah, yeah. 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 all that together and yeah. it wasn't again it wasn't life-changing for me you know we all kind of went through the motions and so I can say that I found my biological siblings we don't really talk um, we have met, and my younger brother, who still lives in um, Santiago, didn't even know that I existed, or my other sisters, and mm. so it's just kind of like, it's just not, mm-hmm. I don't know, my, my family is here, and that's kind of, everything else is extra at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And I think that just, I think too, because it seems, you know, from what you're saying, like your parents are just, you know, just a phenomenal job. Oh, yeah. With just being open and honest, mm-hmm. and, that, yeah. and that definitely what definitely could help. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, 100%. Yeah. Because I think that if they hadn't been honest, you know, if I was finding out pieces, you know, in my adult life or, you know, later on, I just, I, I would be like, well, what else are we hiding? Like, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. like transparency. Mm-hmm. Right. Just be real and upfront. And, and they were, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So. That's great. Yeah. That we, we talk about with adoptive parents that it can be a really good point of connection with your child to be able to share that information and to be able to sort of be in it with them when they're yeah. in your house. When, yeah, when you guys are living under the same yeah. roof in a unit like that. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like that was kind of the... When it can also be really hard, like let's not, I mean, we can absolutely acknowledge that I wasn't like, oh, thank you so much for giving me the paper. Thank you so much <laughs> for giving my, my birth mom's statement of why she like got rid of me. You know, yeah. was it, it well, like there yeah. were tears. I was right. angry. Sure. And so yeah. I had to deal with the aftermath of that. And so yeah. I think like you can't discount that sometimes the hard stuff is, you know, it's really hard. Yeah. And yeah. so then you're going to be walking through that with your kids. And it's just kind of, I always say, you know, just be honest and open up front about it, but also be prepared for, you know, everything that's going to come along with that. Mm-hmm. For you, do you think the fact that you got some of that anger out early? Yeah, made made mm-hmm. it so that when you were an adult, you feel less anger about it? Or do you think, I, I don't, think, I don't know, did that? I think, honestly, I felt angry. I mean, again, I wanted the pieces of the puzzle, mm-hmm. and I didn't have all the pieces of, pu- of the puzzle. But I also think I just felt angry because I had made up in my mind of who my adopted mom or who my biological mom was. Mm. And so in my mind, my biological mom was absolutely nothing like my adopted mom. And she was going to be better. My biological mom was going to be so much better than my adopted mom. Mm -hmm. And she was going to do this with me and she was going to do that with me. And she was going to be the best mom ever. Right, of course. And so I resented my mom, I think, forever Mm -hmm. I mean until I probably moved out of the house 
um, which was 18, but I think I resented her because I was like, well, you're not the mom that I want. You're not the mom I could have, mm-hmm. could have had. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, it's like, no, right. she was so much better yeah. than that. But it's just, I think that also just comes with maturity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I, so yes, I was angry, but I think it really came through just not having the pieces making up in my mind who my biological mom was. Um, you created this fantasy yes. of her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, like I think every adoptee creates a fantasy. Yeah. I mean, I dreamed that I was some kind of princess. Oh, you know, yeah. like that, you know, the story <laughs> that they would come and get me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. It's really, I just think it's really interesting. Interesting. Every time I feel like I got this not figured out, but like I sort of understand there's more nuances <laughs> to the experience and more um, just complicating factors and reasoning. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just I just love hearing everybody's the different takes on it because it brings new insight to the experience for sure. Yeah. Um, so are you open with your husband about adoption? Do you talk to him about adoption? Um, with my adoption or adoption if us adopting as a family? No, your adoption. Okay. Like, how is he? Um, yeah, no, he's totally, I just, uh, he's absolutely totally fine with it. And he knows that our kids look like little Chilean kids and he loves that. And um, so, I mean, there's really, I just, it's not like, again, it's not something that we just sit around and talk mm-hmm. about. So, I mean, if I want to talk about it, like when I was like, hey, go meet my birth mom, he was like, Oh. all right <laughs> and he did and yeah. so i mean he's open to it but it's not like it's not mm-hmm. a i mean i don't i don't i actually couldn't tell you the last time we talked about it oh, our adoption yeah so it's just it's not, not good. Right no. all the time, yeah. No. yeah 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 I love it. well that's it's always on my radar <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you kind of do this right work, I, I, I think guess. that's yeah, yeah. i mean like it's, thinking a, about it's a constant conversation yeah yeah but, oh that's cool well anything else joy that you feel like Thinking about um, our audience of adoptive mothers, adoptees, birth mothers, potentially, like, are there any takeaway words of wisdom, profi- profound? <laughs> no, she's giving me a look of like, please don't make me have to say something. Profound, profound indeed. things that you want to share um, for people. I think um, I will never forget when I. Um, I was talking with someone who was adopting and she was, she said, well, I mean, we're saving this little girl Mm. and I don't know. There was something about it. I was like, I don't, I don't think that you are though. I think that you might, I I don't, I just, I didn't like that. And so I just was like, maybe you shouldn't say that because you might like, maybe she, yeah. I mean, yes, she's up for adoption for a reason. Yeah. She's being placed for adoption for a Mm -hmm. reason. But to me, that was just kind of a turnoff of like, but no, like, you yeah. know, you're in this because this is what you have, you know, felt like you need to do. And this mm. is this is like a privilege. Yeah, like, you're not is, a savior. No, no, yeah. you're not rest. You are not a mm-hmm. rescuer. Mm-hmm. You are here because this is what you feel as a human being that you're being called to do. And I think that's wonderful. But don't say that you're mm-hmm. saving this person. Yeah, because exactly. who knows that person could be actually saving you and right. from you sure. don't know what. Yeah. 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 Um, and then also like for the adopted or for the adoptee. No. For the parents that have adopted, sorry. Yes. I think it's, um, I mean, I put my mom through the ringer. I really <laughs> did. And I just, because, again, I had fiction, I just made up, you know, who my adopt, um, who my biological mother was. And, I mean, to those parents that are like, 
in the trenches right now. I mean, I, you can totally do it. Um, it is mm-hmm. doable. It yeah. sucks right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm just talking yeah. about from someone who made my mom's life miserable for a very long time. And I think it's just kind of meet your kids where they are mm-hmm. within like a fine line, you know, mm-hmm. don't, I, so I think it's just hearing your kids out and just kind of evaluating what you can do. Right. And then if all else fails, seriously, seek professional help because that really was the best thing that my parents did was give me a place to, uh, to just be able to talk up to someone that was unbiased and it wasn't going to be like, well, you need to do this and you need mm-hmm. to do this. Mm-hmm. There was just an unbiased person. Um, and so I think it's just, you know, again, you are adopting because you feel like that is your calling. Mm-hmm. And that's a very respectable, admired, ad, you know, greatly admired calling. Um, and like this too shall pass. And seriously, if my mom and I can work out our relationship, mm-hmm. then anybody can. And yeah. um, and really it was like it was um, she I think I had I was like when she was coming to the end of her life um, two years ago. And I just was like, Mom, and I'd said it before, but really before she died, I just wanted to make crystal clear that she was like, I just need you to know, like, I am so sorry Mm. I said all those things to you because you, and that's like really, it was very, uh, just seeing the, I I loved my mom Mm -hmm. and I loved her even when I was angry at her. Mm -hmm. And so like, again, y'all are in the trenches and it's really hard right now, but deep down inside your kids do love you. And, um, I didn't realize how much I loved my mom until I had kids of my own. Mm -hmm. And then also when I lost her, it's like, again, you know, my biological mom brought me into this world, but my mom and both my parents, but my mom gave me life. Mm -hmm. And so I told her, I was like, mom, you know, you, were amazing. I'm really sorry for everything I said to you. Like, I didn't mean it. I just didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, I just was really course. confused. And she's yeah. like, no, I know. I, you know, totally fine. We're, we're good here. Yeah. But it just was really, that was, I, you know, I just loved having that time because it just was it kind of, again, came full circle. There's, you know, circumstances in my life where it just really uh, came full circle for me. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Your kids still love you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I bet, and she yeah. knew, I mean, you're, it just sounds like they went in not with that kind of savior complex and knowing yeah. they weren't going to be able to um, really be able to take away all that pain for you, but they could just equip you with the kinds oh, of yeah. resources that you needed to get through it. And then they kind of let themselves be um, available to you however you needed. And yeah. that's so Well, so and, a- and after she passed, I was talking to my dad about just kind of my adoption story and like, why did you guys choose Chili? Like, that's just kind of random. And mm-hmm. he's like, Joy... We chose Chile because that was we. They wanted international adoption, and they wanted the country that needed the most attention mm, at that time. Yeah, and which kids needed the most adoption, and so who needed to be uh, adopted. And so he said we chose Chile. It was the most expensive country to adopt from, and they had the most demand for mm. adoptive kids. Wow. And so it's like, oh, so I really yeah. I was thought out. What, yeah. You, know? you really <laughs> were. Yeah, you Fine. were yeah. intentionally yeah. brought to that family. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a healthy, healthy, healthy perspective on adoption. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Yeah. And you worked for it, which I appreciate. Yeah. 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 Still working. But yeah. yeah. But I think there's some definitely some truth what you're saying. Like I think you did start at a younger age yeah. with mm-hmm. you know, working through it, the process. So I think, you know, you're in a better place yeah. than most adult adoptees right now. Thank you so much, Joy, for sharing your story and being open. I know that um, you you know I know that your story is unique, and people listening can't 
uh, necessarily relate to all of the details, but I am absolutely sure that they found pieces of their own story and what you're right. sh sharing. And I hope that it helped people to feel like they aren't alone in it too, in yeah. the same way that you had that experience yeah. as a Definitely. child. Exactly. So, it's yeah. your truth, your stories, and this is the whole purpose of this podcast. Yeah is to give adoptees a voice. And so thank you so much. Absolutely. I appreciate Joy. it. We appreciate thank it. Thank you guys for listening and tune in next time when we'll have another um, untold story, share another voice from um, the Adoption Triangle. All right. Thank you. Bye.